Okay. So I started last week with some of like the, you know, my commitments and um, disclaimers, <laughs> right? Um, we're not starting there, but I, but I think it's going to be pretty important that every week we start with this reminder or something like it. Scripture was not written with our political issues in view. Last time I said our government, but today we're going to like, we're going to get real close to the line of some people's stuff. Um, and I think it's very important that we as believers acknowledge the fact that you're not going to be able to scour Scripture about verses about pro-choice and pro-life. You're not. That's just not how Scripture works. It's not designed for that. So if you're looking for it, you're trying to use Scripture in a way that it was not designed for. Kind of like using the back of a shoe to hammer in a nail. It'll get in there a little. But at some point, we have to acknowledge that's not what shoes are for, right? Scripture is that way. And so anytime we're reading Scripture and going in, thinking about our political issues, thinking about the way in which our government functions, we're really interpreting Scripture and applying what we interpret out of it. So I'm going to let you guys in on this kind of methodology of Bible study, Right? We're not going to go through all of the steps in real time, but some people don't know that this is a word. So it's called, right? Or you listen to it. And there's also a part of observation that is understanding what's in the Roman. We take what was there, what's the heart of their, what, what they were practicing and learning, what was convicting them, and we then kind of run that through our current reality to. Kind of like if you're interpreting a language, if, you, if you, some of you remember from your Spanish or your French or your German class, that you can't interpret, excuse me, you can't translate word for word and come out with the same meaning, right? There is this process of making sure that it applies to the language that you're speaking to as well. That's that interpretation part. And then literally apply it, do it. James, is, James gives us the warning, don't be just hearers of the word and not doers, right? And so that's, that, that's the application part. So we're going to do that all the way through this chapter, and um, it'll make sense as we're doing it. All right, Romans chapter 14, verse 1. Uh, another thing right before we jump into it. Uh, some of you watched the midweek ch um, check-in, and I was kind of giving a little bit of a teaser for this, this sermon. Um, I'm going to just kind of give us, just like last week, I'm giving us the end before we get there. Uh, this sermon is probably the more convicting of the three for me because I think as believers, we are kind of silently taught to be politically moderate as Christians. And that's the way in which God wants us to be um, because we have the extremes on either end and those can't, they can't be rocking with Jesus. So it has to be that we teach each other to like get into a place where everybody sees it the same as the church and then we'll be okay. And that is not a thing. That's not biblical. And that's also not something that's beneficial in this system. As a person who is actually politi politically moderate, that sometimes is convicting for me <laughs> because I just want, I, like, I want to be like, you know, J 
Jesse Jackson, can't we all just get along? Like, <laughs> I am a middle child, so I, like, I want everybody to feel good with everybody. <laughs> can't we all just feel good? Like, can't you see their part? Can't you see their part? Like, yeah, that's not actually how it works. Um, and even though that's my conviction, that is not the conviction of the Spirit for all of us. And so this sermon really is, how do you honestly keep both my people and my party in view? Not just one or the other, but also prioritizing my people. And I think that's at the, that's at the end of the day, that's really what we're getting at. Your people are not your party. Your people are the kingdom of God. That's who we are. That's your people. But you get to also be a part of your party. So we're talking in Romans, um, and so we'll jump into it. Accept other believers who are weak in faith. (laughs) And don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. So I got to stop here for a moment. We're not going to stop at every verse, trust me. There's 23. That'll be a very long sermon. <laughs> but <laughs> come to Bible study and we'll do that. <laughs> but, but we're not going to stop. But I think it's important that we do here because I want to make sure that we don't spend too much time debating weak. Because what ends up happening is, I said something similar last week. If they don't see it the way that I do, they're the weak one, right? Like, right? And we're going to build up their strength by talking to them about all the things Jesus is doing on my side of this conversation. Can't you see the Lord moving? Come on over here. Then you'll be strong like us. That is not it. <laughs> That's not the point. Actually, Paul... We're not going to be talking explicitly about political issues, but I do want us to be sure that we don't spend a lot of time trying to figure out, just like last week, which one's sheep, which one's goats, which one's wheat, which one's weeds. It's the same thing. Don't spend a lot of time trying to figure out who's weak here. (laughs) But this is discipline for disciples. That last part, not to argue about what you think is right or wrong, this whole, this whole chapter is discipline for disciples. He continues, this is Paul writing, he continues, for instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Listen. (laughs) Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. 
Okay, so we're going to pause in the middle of this because, and you can put this picture up, because are we really comparing apples to apples here, right? Like, Paul is talking about what you eat and which day you go to church. <laughs> is that the same as, like, are we comparing what you eat and what day you go to church to same-sex marriage? <laughs> are we comparing what you eat and where you go to church to the border crisis? Are we comparing what you eat and how, what day you go to church to pro-life, pro-choice? And they're not the same. But remember what I said before, Scripture doesn't going to say anything about those. So we have to have the discipline to see what's happening while Paul is talking about what they're arguing about. This is apples to apples in the fact that for them, food and days of worship are matters of morality and policy. It's, mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. Food, <laughs> food and days of worship really are matters of morality and policy for Roman believers. They're coming out of a time and a culture in which they believed it was it was so embedded in who they were that they don't eat certain things that it would separate them from God to have a slice of bacon. That's important. It's not a small deal. For us that feel small, it feels insignificant, but it is a big deal. What day you worship is a big deal for them. And for us, that may seem like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. I worship God every day. Yeah, I get it. That's kind of what Paul is talking about, really, is the diminishing of something that is important to another person and their conviction because you don't think that it's that big of a deal. You don't think that God's dishonored by it. You don't dot, dot, dot. That's what Paul is getting at. And that's why this really is apples to apples. It's not just food or how we want to reform tax law. They really are the same. Because at the end of the day for us as believers, it's not just our opinion that's on the stake when, we are pro when we're processing how we make decisions as a country or how I vote. I'm also bringing in what I believe to be morally correct. So it's apples to apples in that way, and that's the importance that I want us to view this with because Paul is ultimately saying, don't sit up there arguing about matters of morality and policy with one another. Some of you think about it this way, and some of you think about it that way. Who are you to judge how somebody else's servant and how they think about it? Let's continue. Those who worship the Lord on, on a special day, do it to honor him. Those who eat any kind of food, do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. You see why I like Paul? He's moderate. <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> those who worship, oh, sorry, I said that already. Uh, okay. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live, our, live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it is to honor the Lord. And if we die, it is to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Just real quick kind of talking through what that is, ultimately what Paul is expressing is on either side of these extremes, the people are doing what they're doing, believing what they're believing as a way of honoring God. That's ultimately what Paul is saying here because regardless of what it is, regardless of how it actually gets applied, they believe that I am making this choice. I'm eating only vegetables as a way of honoring and glorifying God. And I'm glorifying the sacrifice of Christ by eating whatever because he's blessed it all. God, I thank you. They're both same foundational conviction. He continues, Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord of both of the living and of the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. I'm going to pause there for a moment just to kind of remind us. He keeps using this word believer on purpose. This is discipline for disciples. Notice that he's not actually talking about everybody on the planet here. And there is a difference. This series is not about actually everybody in the country. This series is about us. This series is about us, those of us who say we are following Christ with our life. How are we living that out in how we vote, how we engage this political system beyond just voting, how we go to council board meetings, how we participate with whatever? This is for us as disciples. For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. In other words, stay in your lane. Stay in you. Ah. <laughs> Thank you. Stay in your lane. <laughs> like that's. Right? Week one, week two. That's just a quick chase, amplified, abbreviated version. But really, we oftentimes cross a line when it comes to how we engage here. And Paul is encouraging that, which is not the same thing as everybody come to the middle. I do want to say that clearly. It's not the same as everybody come to the middle and see it the same way and we'll be fine. No, stay in your lane. There's a reason why they see it the way they see it. Paul says this, I know I am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person it is wrong. That is where we're getting sticky. It's getting sticky. It's getting sticky. 
Because there's some things that I know is wrong that my sisters and, be- sisters and brothers keep doing. <laughs> yeah. Just keep going. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. Here, let's, I want to make that super practical because that seems more abstract than I want it to be for us. So what Paul is saying here is you may feel like it's okay to have shrimp, right? Because he's talking about diet right now. You may feel like it's okay to have shrimp. The Lord may have relieved you of the bondage of not, so barbecue that mug, have it smoked, spicy, you want a lime on it, go for it. But the moment that you have somebody in your house who feels convicted to not have it, put that shrimp back in the freezer. Because in your hospitality of them, you want to provide an environment for them that they feel that they are also honoring God. You can have shrimp tomorrow when they're gone. (laughs) But don't feed them only shrimp when they believe that it dishonors God to do so. That's not loving them. That's the exact opposite of loving them. You are causing them to sin. Yes, I know you don't think it's sin, but in their hearts, they've been convicted that it is. So there's some ways in which we might be doing that here, especially as it relates to how our our stances you, okay, so this is going to get, I'm a, listen, pull your toes back if you're not ready. I'm giving you a warning now. Some of you have decided to be pro-choice. And it's because of a part of how you are convicted in your relationship with God as it relates to how you honor women. And some of you have decided to be pro-life and It's a part of your conviction because of how you will honor God in honoring unborn lives. If you are pro-choice, do not take somebody to Planned Parenthood who is (laughs) pro-life. That's not the thing. You don't get to jump over their conviction because you feel like it's okay. Honor them and love them where they are and vice versa. In your conviction about being pro-life, don't go to no Planned Parenthood with no signs that say you're going to hell. Don't do it. It's not your job. But ultimately what's happening at that moment is we're doing something that is not for us to do. If you can't bring yourself because of your conviction, guess the the beauty of having a diverse body of believers is there's someone who shares that conviction. You ain't got to (laughs) drive. Connect them with someone who shares the conviction and trust the Holy Spirit to do the Holy Spirit's job. That may be too hard for us, but that's what Paul is saying. The reason it's too hard for us is not because we don't have strength in the spirit to actually live that out. The reason it's too hard for us is because we keep watching our version of news 
that keeps reinforcing what I feel rather than investing in a relationship of love with people who see it differently than I do, but who are convicted by the same spirit. How can it be the same spirit if it leads in two two different directions? I don't know. Paul said it. (laughs) But I do know this. If we're going to actually be the body of Christ, I know the shoulder and the foot do not see things the same way. That's the reason why he gave us that analogy of the body of Christ. The shoulder and look, my shoulder and my foot haven't seen the same thing in a long time. (laughs) Let me tell you, if you've been around infants, sometimes they still touch. (laughs) But by the time you get 39, they don't touch anymore. (laughs) And if they do, I'm going to the emergency room. (laughs) They (laughs) fall. But they better be moving in the same direction or also, I'm also going to be going to the emergency room. That's the point. That's the point. It's not my job to make you see it the way I do. It's my job to love you. It's my job to love you. Do not let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died, then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. Remember when I told you about them signs at the Planned Parenthood? Those ones where people actually do, they're in their heart, they do believe they're doing well, but they're being criticized for it. Paul already gave us some words about that. And here's the thing, I'm not telling you to not believe what you believe, I'm just telling you to get out of the Holy Spirit's way. Your sign is not the equivalent of a conviction of the Holy Spirit. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink or how we vote. I added that part. But of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. Which I actually need to say, that really does make a big difference. I know that for some of us, it's like, well, I'm not living to please others. Notice that there's a priority. You will please God and others will be pleased with you too. But let us also be real about the fact that if we are ambassadors of this God, then we actually do, they do have to be pleased with us too. We know what it looks like for the world around us to not be pleased with us. <laughs> and that doesn't mean that we have to give, we have to give up our values It simply means we do our job, which is loving, and let the Holy Spirit do the Holy Spirit's job, which is transforming. So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it's wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. Yeesh. It is better to not eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. <laughs> it just it really can't get much plainer to that. Like, <laughs> keep it, look, keep that between you and God. 
Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. That blessed is happy. It's this feeling of um, freedom. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. He's talking about that personal conviction. For you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. This is complex and nuanced and messy and human. It's much easier for me to try to make this simple. Do it this way and you will be okay. But that is actually not how Scripture reads about anything that you and I will be talking about this year as we watch our news and look over ballots. It is far, far more, far more complex and nuanced than that. And that's the beauty of actually having a body of believers is that we can actually embrace the complexity. What part do you see? What part do you see? What part do you see? Oh, okay. So I've got some slides of advice that I believe the Spirit is giving us for this year for us as we process this. Honor your people, one another. I'm intentionally saying honor your people because the moment that we've entered into a relationship with Christ, Christ's people become my people. That doesn't mean I don't have other groups that I belong to, but my people are Christ's people. That's my first and foremost And Jesus makes it clear that's even above your son or daughter or sister or brother or cousin or auntie or mama or daddy or grandparent who is not following me. Does that mean you have to throw them all away? No. But it does mean I'm prioritizing individuals who are walking and rocking with Jesus. That's how this works. That's a part of what we signed up for. Welcome to the team. (laughs) If you didn't know that's what you signed up for, go ahead and reevaluate. Is that what I want? Because here's what I'm here's here's why it matters. Some of us don't reevaluate if that's what we want. So we start prioritizing our party over our people, and then the news has a heyday with that. (laughs) Right? then we look all kinds of messy. It's okay for the church to have members of its body that disagree with one another and still love each other. The world could probably tolerate that. What the world cannot tolerate is how y'all both going to be saying y'all Christians, but then y'all fighting over stuff that's actually not even in your Bible. (laughs) That's the thing that's like, that feels weird to us. Yeah, what y'all got to say really doesn't matter. Honor your people while being fully engaged in your party. You get to, by merit of the freedom that has been given to you by the grace of God through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, believe what you want about whatever is happening in this country politically. You get to believe that. You get to. That's not something that anybody can or should take away from you. I also know I haven't been alive as long as 
some of us in this room, but I've been in the voting game now for about 20 years, and I know what I believed when I was 18 is not exactly what I believe now. It evolves. It changes. (laughs) It changes. And that's actually a beautiful part of this grace that we get to let it evolve and shift and be engaged with the Holy Spirit while I'm engaged with these people from whom I also share a conviction about what should happen politically here. You get to have both. But honor your people in that process. Go to that next slide for me. Political stances do not equal devotion to God. I think that's just a... <laughs> the, 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 the gasp. I said we we're going to talk about that this week. They really do not. However, right, I'm going to get to that however in a second. But I want you to let that sink in. Yeah. The reason why I know that is if people who share your political views who don't actually care about Jesus... So if it was that your political stance equal devotion to God, then they'd be okay. And that's not how this works. Your political stances do not equal devotion to God. However, your devotion to God should influence political stances. Right? If we're combing through that, your relationship with Christ, you don't take that off when we, when we go on... We, when we go on the website and we start t- thinking about our political views, you don't take that off when you get on social media. And if you do, you're not rocking with Jesus for real because that's not how this works. You don't take that off when you go into the voting booth. You don't take it off. So just like Paul can say that there could be people who are convicted by the same spirit, rocking with the same Jesus, eating different things and going to church on different days. We can also say that there are believers who are convicted by the same spirit, hanging out with the same Jesus, who see things differently, and their devotion to the Father is what motivates the way in which they make decisions here. That should be true of all of us. If that's not true, take that back. Christine will say, I take that back to the lab. <laughs> take that back to the lab. I need you to dissect that. Really? Good. Dissect it. Really, and the last thing is, I don't really, I have an asterisk because I don't think that we need to engage. So right, this is the moderate side of me, so I'm sorry. I don't think that we have to engage in super deep political conversations as believers. I really don't think we do. But if you do, because you can. I would like for you to look for the evidence. This is not the moderate part. This is the discipline part. Look for the evidence of the Holy Spirit that is something that we don't often do. When we get to Thanksgiving, right? When you arguing with great uncle such and such <laughs> about the border crisis, We don't often stop. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to someone who also says they have a relationship with Christ. Let me look for evidence of the Holy Spirit. That's not the same as saying assume it's there. (laughs) 
It's saying look for it, which means you're going to have to move a little bit slower, right? If you've ever been in a neighborhood that is unfamiliar to you and you're looking for a house, you don't drive 25 miles an hour down that street. You're going 10 and the people behind you are ticked off because they got to use the bathroom. Like, <laughs> you just, like and they just going to have to be mad because I'm not trying to pass it. <laughs> You have to go slower in those conversations because you're looking for something. I'm looking for evidence that the Holy Spirit has been engaging. They've been engaging the Holy Spirit as they've been processing what they're processing. I'm listening for echoes of Scripture. I'm not just listening for where I disagree and where I just read an article so I can chime in and let them know what I believe. That's not who we are. Discipline for disciples means I'm looking intently for some evidence that the Holy Spirit is in what they think, and I'm okay when I find that it's not what I think. Oh, that's what you think? Now, here's where I feel like we would really be demonstrating some maturity. That's what you think? That's how the Spirit has convicted you? Tell me a little bit more about that. Because even though I disagree, it's important for me to understand it. So, listen, there's some conversations where I'm not even there yet. (laughs) Just being honest. There's some conversations. So, I have to have enough discipline to say, oh, okay, wow. Well, bless the Lord. How about how how about those chiefs? (laughs) Too soon? No. (laughs) I have. We have to have discipline because at the end of the day, if God does not require that we see it exactly the same, I cannot. And it is a better witness to the world around me that I can still go have lunch with my sister or my brother who sees it differently and the world knows we see it differently. I have a t-shirt that I have not worn here on purpose. But that's because it has the face of a political leader on it. And I don't always know what kind of conversations that will be that will bring up. Some of you have actually seen my shirt. And I'm always grateful when I can still be a sibling in Christ when I have the face of a political leader that you disagree with. <laughs> that's, joy. that's a joy. That means something about who we are. So if I were to paint a picture of how, this should live, live, how we should live this out, I actually would encourage you with sisters and brothers to not immediately back off of having some conversations. But when you recognize that, oh, this feels like they seem dishonored by this conversation or I'm feeling dishonored by this conversation, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. But if we're feeling like we're able to maintain some peace and harmony through it, go as deep as that rabbit trail will go and enjoy the beauty of what it is to be a part of the same body at different parts of the body, you may find that the Spirit does something in you when you get to that line. You may find the Spirit does something in you to not change what you believe, but change how you see your sister, change how you see your brother, and that is something that the Holy Spirit is always 
interested in doing in us. Let's pray. Father, the whole earth is yours. It says in Psalm, the earth is yours and the fullness thereof. The world and all who dwell in it. This is all yours. And you've also charged humanity with stewarding this world and empowered your church by your spirit to steward the world in a way that is reflective of your values, of your heart for it. And in this national cultural context, that means seeing different things differently and making decisions together in that. Will you give us, your church, your daughters, your sons, your people, will you give us the necessary discipline and conviction to do that in such a way that is so united that the world questions that unity and finds you in it? Because that's also your word, that we would be so united that it's like, that makes no sense. I need to know more about that. Will you give us that discipline? And specifically us here, us as a church family, will you make us not see all of the issues the same, but would you make our hearts one so that Grand Rapids sees something different when they engage with folks from Unison? That Utah and Florida and everywhere else we find ourselves, if you're online, would see something different when we engage with folks from Unison. Not for our own vain glory, but to point people to you, Jesus. Because that's what this is. Even in how we navigate politics, we are still pointing people to you, Jesus. So be glorified in that. It's in your name we pray. Amen.